What is happening, everyone? Welcome. If you are new, welcome back. If you're an existing listener to the Alpha Z podcast, my name is Phil and I'm the host of the podcast. Now, with today's episode, I'm going to take a little bit of a different route with this one. You know, in the past, I've done more educational videos, but I thought it would be a good opportunity to dedicate this episode so you guys can get to know who I am on a personal level. Some of you listening to the podcast may already know who I am, but I'm sure that there are a handful of people who don't know who I am and I'm just a voice in their headphones. So I thought it was, like I said, great opportunity to let you guys in on my personal life and yeah, get a bit comfortable with who I am. So where did it all start for me? I need to rewind the clock back to when I was 16 years old. And this is where the whole gym experience kind of started for me. Like growing up, I was quite an athletic person. I actually played soccer all my life up until a very, very high level. And so it all started for me when my dad went up to, well, actually bumped into my, my soccer coach at the time. And as a dad does, he starts questioning the coach and wants to know and wants to kind of pick his brain and see what he thinks of me as a player, how I'm going, all that sort of stuff. And when he was asking the coach, the coach looked quite confused and it seemed like he didn't actually know who I was. And he actually questioned my dad and said, which one is your son? Now, my dad turned around and said to him, you know, it's the defender that you have. At that moment, he turned around to my dad and said, oh, you mean the really skinny kid? Now, that night, I remember this. My dad came home and he told me, I feel I saw I saw your coach today. And I was asking him what he thought of you. And I'm like, oh, what, what do you say? What do you say? And my dad said to me, and he goes, you know, he remembered you as the skinny kid. And that was the moment that changed my life forever because no one wants to be known as a skinny kid. Let's be honest. So at that moment, I made a promise to myself and I, I said to myself, you know what? I never want to be known as the skinny kid again. And, that, and I should actually reflect on that. Now, growing up, there's two types of people. Well, not two types of people, but two stereotypical people who start the gym. It's either the really big guy who wants to lose weight or it's the really skinny guy who wants to put on muscle and you know, be bigger. And I fell into that category. So that week... I said to myself, I've got to start going to the gym. And I don't even know how I afforded going to the gym, to be honest with you, because the local gym that I went to was actually a leisure center. Now, I don't know if any of you have actually been to a leisure center gym, but those gyms are so, so expensive. Like, I think it was about 20 to 25 bucks for every single visit. I don't actually know how I afforded it. But I do remember that every single morning before school, my dad would pop past my my Nonna and Nonna's house or my grandparents' houses. And I remember every time I would leave, my Nonna would stop me. And the reason why he would stop me was because he would always hand me a $10 note and would say to him, like he'd whisper it to me. He'd say, don't tell your dad, but go get something, that, you know, go buy something at the canteen at lunchtime. So I would, it was like hush money. Like he, he wouldn't, he would make sure that the word never got out. And I would collect every one of those $10 bills and I would put them into my money box because I knew that rather than spending that money at the canteen, I had a better idea. So what I would do every day after school, I would actually walk or ride my bike to the local leisure center before it got busy, before anyone actually knew I was there. I would give them my 20, my 25 bucks and I would use the gym and then I would leave before my parents got home. Now, this went on for a while. A lot of money was spent 
like thinking about it now, doing the math, I was doing, what's that? Seven by two, that's 140 bucks. Maybe just under, maybe I didn't go every single day, but it was just under 140 bucks a week. My God, thinking about that, that that actually makes me cringe a little bit. But I was dedicated. I was, you know, I, I wanted to make this work. I wanted to, you know, make sure that no one knew me as that, as that skinny kid again. My dad finally caught on and realized that I was going to the gym. He realized that I was spending all this money in the gym. So he actually turned around to me and said, let's go to the gym together. So my dad then purchased me my first ever membership at the local leisure center. And he actually started to train with me. So in a way, I kind of inspired him to train with me as well. Start, you know, exercising, started lifting weights. This went on for a little bit. And at the same time, well, at the age of 16, I was actually still in high school. Now, the gym back then wasn't as popular as what it is today. Like nowadays with social media, I work in a gym and the crowd that is coming in is this, they're starting quite young and it's you know what it's actually really good to see because like i said the gym wasn't that popular back when i was starting and i'm not talking like i'm bloody 60 years old before anyone starts saying you're not even that old the gym wasn't that popular back then so i would keep it i would keep that quiet because i didn't want it to come out i didn't want anyone to know that i was going to the gym because if someone back then knew you were going to the gym they would start questioning you why are you going to the gym who do you think you are like that's those sort of conversations would arise and I remember every day after school, I would make sure to catch the early bus so that nobody knew that I was going to the gym. And I remember because on the bus line that I was, I mean, on the route that I was taking, I would need to catch a bus down, you know, a main road, get off and then catch a tram, which actually took me home. Now, a lot of the guys from my school all lived in the same area. We all caught the same bus. We all caught the same tram. So in an effort to make sure nobody actually knew I was going to the gym, as soon as that school bell rang, I think it was about 3.10, I would sprint out of there to make sure I caught the bus before anyone else caught the bus. And this was done for a specific reason. I bought my first tub of protein right next to that tram stop. So to make sure no one caught me, I ran out, caught the bus, got off right next to the gym, ran into the gym, bought my tub of protein, put that tub of protein in my bag. And by the time that was all done, the rest of the school kids would have met up at the tram stop. That's how secretive I kept this. And then before I knew it, I knew eventually I actually switched gyms. So I then went from the leisure center to my first proper gym. And that was, that was such a surreal feeling because the gym that I went to was, it was like an old school bodybuilder gym. There was no heaters in there. There was no air cons in there. In summer, it was stinking hot. In winter, it was freezing cold. The machine, like when I'm talking old school, these machines, you didn't even need weight on it because the, the thing was made that durable. Like say, let's say for a leg, for a leg press, I reckon without any weight, this leg press weighed about a hundred kilos on its own. It's, it, they were built tough. That those machines in that gym were built like that was solid as anything. And that's when it started to come out. That's when I needed to kind of tell people that I was going, why couldn't I go to you know, Macca's after the gym? And I would say, hey, I've got to, I'm, I'm going to the gym. Actually, I stuffed that whole sentence up. People would ask me why I couldn't catch up with them after the gym. And I would say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to the gym. And that's when what the questions started to arise. Why are you going to the gym? Who do you think you are? Do you think you're like a, I don't know if I can swear on podcasts. I'm just going to say, are you a, a sick beep? 
And it was quite disheartening because I remember coming home a couple of times thinking to myself, why are people saying this about me? Like I never got bullied. I'm not one of those people who I'm not going to sit here and say I got bullied because I never got bullied as a kid. But sometimes comments were made and would make me question why I'm actually doing this. So actually, and so, yeah, I'm like, you know what? People would, you know, not talk down to me, but they would make like these silly remarks. And it is what it is. You know, it kind of made me stronger because growing up as a kid, I was a very shy kid. And, you know, I still remember this one time when if my sister is listening to this podcast, she'll be able to laugh about this because I remember there was this competition one time and all I needed to do was go up to the person who was running the competition and say this one word. And the minute I said that one word, they were going to give me a Scrabble board game. I was that shy and that scared that I locked the doors in the car because I just didn't want to do it. Crazy. Very, very crazy. But that was the type of kid that I was growing up. So you can only imagine if someone, if you're trying to build your confidence up, if you've got you know self-esteem problems and people are trying to bring you down because you're trying to do something that is going to better you, it was hurtful. It was hurtful. But I, like I said, I promised myself that I wouldn't let that affect me. That takes me to where my soccer career started to end. Now, growing up in Australia, if you are someone who's, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people who pursue a certain sport, when you've got to be like, you're very lucky if you're able to pursue it past the age of 18. And the reason why I say this is because when 17 year olds, 18 year olds, when that time comes around, usually soccer takes or sport in general takes a step back. And you start to focus on your career. You know, a lot of, I remember a lot of school kids that were really, really good at soccer took a step back because they started their apprenticeship. They wanted to be tradies. And, you know, a lot of that talent kind of went to waste. And I was one of those people that fell into that as well, where, you know, I had to start thinking about my career and what I was going to do as soon as I finished high school. So my, and then because of the gym, because I had been training at that point for about three to four years, my passion for the gym and training kind of outgrew my passion for soccer. And you know what? That was probably one of the best decisions that I made because it allowed me to go to the gym as soon as I finished every single night for an hour, maybe sometimes even two hours, and just really focus on me. I kind of realized very quickly that I'm not going to say I'm not a, a, like a team person because I definitely am, but I feel like when the focus is on me and everything I do is on my own shoulders, it makes me, th I thrive more, if that makes sense. I like pressure, you know, knowing that if I put on weight, that's on me. If I wanted to lose weight, that's on me. I don't have to rely on anyone else to get that done. I think that made me thrive a little bit more, which is why my passion kind of outgrew my passion for soccer. Fast forward, I then started going to university and uni life was amazing. You know, I loved uni life. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say I was someone with like, I was at that point in my life, like I was going out a lot. I was going to nightclubs on the weekends. I, I can't say I lived the bodybuilding lifestyle. I did love training. I studied everything and anything when it came to the training side of things, the nutrition side of things, the supplementation side of things. But at this point, I got from the really skinny kid who then turned into the really big kid. And don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and say I did everything the right way. Because honestly, I remember after training a couple of times, well, not a couple of times, it was on a, a lot of occasions, I would stop past Macca's on the way home to get a burger because of the anabolic window and I needed to get protein and carbs and calories in ASAP after I trained or else my, my gains 
or my session was a waste. So I would do that sort of thing. And looking back, that's probably some of the worst nutritional, you know, the worst thing I could have done in regards to my nutrition. But hey, we live and we learn. And my knowledge in that sense has kind of skyrocketed from there. But hey, I was young and dumb. But at this point, I started to take after my whole, well, I wouldn't say after my dieting phase, but I started to take the gym more seriously now because of the fact that I had a little bit more free time with uni. If, if you've gone to uni, if you've known someone that goes to uni, you're probably only at uni a couple of days a week. And then the rest of it, you're kind of working and you're, you know, you're doing your own thing. You're living, you're living the uni life. So I took advantage of this and I started going to the gym a little bit more. And from here, I then transitioned to another gym, which a lot of people would know this one. It's called Derriman. And at Derriman, it's a very, I wouldn't say it's a bodybuilder's gym, but there are big people, there are very, there are big boys there. And it was a lot more motivating to me to see, you know, these bigger guys lifting more weight. And I always aspire to be like one of those people. So because I got the, to the bigger guy, I needed to lose weight. You know, I felt myself, I was getting a little bit too fluffy and I thought, you know what, enough's enough. I got to start shredding down for, for summer. Now, this is where things took, I wouldn't say a massive turn, but this is a point in my life that changed it forever. So as I was dieting down, I'd got, you know, I probably lost about five, 10 kilos. And then we've probably, we all know someone who's got a similar story to this. And that, this is when, when people start noticing your changes in your physique. And at this point, people started telling me, Fah, Phil, you've got, you know, your physique's really, really good. Have you considered doing a competition? And I, th- I always would say, nah, no interest, no interest, no interest. Mind you, I loved bodybuilding at that point in time. I would watch the Mr. Olympia every single year. It was like, it was like the grand final for me. If you're an, a, a mad AFL supporter, it doesn't matter what team you're back, you're always watching the grand final. And that was like me with bodybuilding. Every time the Olympia was on, I was watching. I always, I, I loved the physiques. I didn't, and like I said, because I was a shy kid, I never thought I would have the courage to jump on stage half naked with an auditorium of people looking at me. But this is where I made the decision. I said, you know what? I'm going to give it a crack. And that's exactly what I did. I said to myself, you know what? Let's push this. Let's see how far I can get my body. And I pushed it as far as I could until I jumped on that stage. So my first ever bodybuilding competition, I prepped myself the whole way through. I was on YouTube and muscle and fitness and bodybuilding.com forums, just checking what I needed to do, how to you know get ready for a bodybuilding competition, what to do during peak week. I tried everything on myself and it paid off because my first ever bodybuilding competition, which I prepped myself, I took, I think, three gold medals home, medal homes. Oh, that didn't make sense. I took three gold medals home, came first place with every division that I did. And this is where I thought to myself, this is something that I can do. This is something that I love. I love the whole process of bodybuilding. And it made me realize that my passion is here. My passion lies in physique transformations, lies in bodybuilding. And I couldn't thank my mum number one, enough because she was always the one that would say to me, Phil, you got to do something about this. You love this. Why aren't you doing something about this? You know so much about this. And the second person I've got to thank is actually the former club manager of the gym that I currently work out because I remember there was one night we were drunk at a nightclub and he said to me, Phil, you need to become a personal trainer and I want you to work at my gym. So they're the two people that I need to thank the most because if it wasn't for those two people that 
put that firecracker under my ass, who knows what I'll be doing right now? Who knows what I would be doing? So from there, it was time to get to work. It was time to actually do what I said I was going to do. And I did my personal training course and I smashed it out. So at at that point in time, like I said, I was at, at university, but I was doing something that I don't even know why I was doing it. You know, I was doing marketing and accounting and don't get me wrong. Like I, I learned a lot through it, but I just don't know why I did it. I feel like it was a waste of time. I think the only reason why I went to uni was to make my parents proud because everyone, I think every parent dreams, well, I don't know if every parent dreams, but most parents want their kids to go to university and I just did it to make them happy. So I did that, ended up with a hex debt, but hey, I did that. And I said, you know what? This isn't for me. I can't see myself working behind a desk. I'm an active person. I love being in the gym. Why am I wasting time with this degree? So then I started doing my personal training degree and it was good because at the time I was actually working with my dad. He had his own business. So I would actually do my work. So he was in the car industry. I would do my work with him. And then as soon as I'd done all my work, I would jump on my computer and smash out as much of that personal training degree as I could so that we get it over and done with nice and quickly. And let's be honest, I mean, my dad was probably, was ne- oh, I hope not, he was probably never going to sack me. So if anything, I mean, he probably was happy that I was doing something productive with that time. And I actually managed to smash out my PT degree in about a year. And it was, like I said, it was probably the best thing that I could have done because I got out of doing what I got out of doing I'm not going to say that I hated the car industry. It just wasn't for me. And that was another thing that I did. I always had this intention to take over my dad's business because he worked so hard to to kind of build it up to where it was. And I feel like if I wasn't that person who took over it when he retired, then it was all going to go to waste. I then realized that this wasn't for me. Why would I want to do, you know, live my life taking over my dad's business if it's not my passion? It's not what I truly love doing. So like I said, I did my PT degree and I put all my eggs in one basket. I took a massive chance on this one because I kind of left the car yard and went all in with my personal training business. It was a massive risk, but you know what? It was a risk that I was willing to take because I was determined. And this is how I am. I'm an all in person. I'm going to, I don't think of a plan B because for me, there's never a plan B. I will always work out how to do plan A, no matter what it takes. That's just, that's always been my personality. And I don't care if I've got to, you know, eat shit for weeks and weeks and weeks, but I will find a way to get something done and do it successfully. So I would spend day and night at the gym, no clients, trying to work out ways to get clients. And thankfully it all paid off because I couldn't be happier with the clients that I have. I couldn't be happier with the clients that I had back then. And I couldn't be happier with how Alphazik as a brand has transformed over the years. So yeah, it was it was hard. It was a slog, but end of the day, it was all worth it for me. Like looking back, I would not change a thing. I would not alter anything. And the beauty about it is Alpha Zeke just continues to grow every, you know, month by month, year by year. And I'm actually excited to see how far Alpha Zeke will grow in the near future. Now, from there, that's when I decided to become a sport nutritionist as well. Now, during COVID, COVID was probably one of the best things that could have happened to me. It gave me so I mean, a lot of people saw it as, as 
probably one of the worst times. A lot of people didn't have any work. A lot of people weren't working at all, but I saw it as an opportunity because I needed to restructure my business to make sure that it was still profitable and I was still actively doing something. So I had to adapt. Now that's when the park sessions were happening, but it also gave me an opportunity to smash out as many courses as I could. I, I mean, I've always been that person who I need to be on top of everything. I need to be above. No, I need to be five steps ahead. No, I don't want to be, if I'm in a room and you've probably heard this quote before, but if I'm in the room and I'm the smartest person in that room, then I'm in the wrong room. And that's why I took advantage of COVID and I smashed out my sport nutritionist degree. I smashed out a couple of like bodybuilding degree. Like I attended a lot of seminars or webinars back then. And yeah, like I said, it was the best thing that, that happened to me. Fast forward to now. Now, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Like, I think I've pretty much touched on it a couple of seconds ago with what I'm forecasting and what I want to, what I want to see AlphaZeek become over the years. But that pretty much wraps up who I am and what got me what got me here. And now that we're getting to the end of the episode, if you have found any value with anything, if you can relate to any of my experiences, there is a small fee. And the fee that I'm charging is I just want you to share this to your social media pages, to your friends, to your family, because just by sharing it, even following the podcast, it goes a long way. Like you don't understand. And like I mentioned in one of the previous episodes, I want this podcast to to kick off. I want to I want to help as many people as I can just through this podcast alone. So if you could do that, that would be amazing. Now I'm going to wrap this up right here. So thank you so much for staying to the end. I really really appreciate it. But hopefully now you have a little bit of an insight of who I am and how I how I got to this position. But thank you again and I'll see you guys in the next episode.